G'day podcast, apologies for the delay, this is the Michael Eppleston podcast event I've been talking about for a while. This is the We've had a few drinks. He's had one. Well, I don't know, I've had, I've had a bit more than that. Wait, wait. Michael Eppleston, Eppo, thanks for having me. Thanks for dinner. No worries. Mm. How was the bird? It was great. I followed your advice on the um, on the mayo barbie onion combo. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I'm up on the Sunshine Coast for the first time in my life. The sun was indeed shining, and the we're water was still, warm as hell. Sweating. Oh man, it's like eight o'clock and. Is it 8 o'clock? Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. Sweating. Yep. You were telling me a really cool story just over dinner, and I want to go back there real quick, and it was kind of this story about how you got here, because I find it funny to come <laughs> to a place like this when you live in a place like Port, because I'm from Foster. Many people yep. know that who listen to the podcast. And how do, you, how do you move to another coastal village of like a similar kind of size? Because it is a similar size here, right? To Port, would you say? Yeah, a little bit bigger. Touch yeah, bigger. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How did you get here? How did I get here? I uh, went around Australia in 99 and uh, Chris had followed my career. So we've been together since she was 16. So uh-huh. yeah, so we've been together. And she said, I just don't want to wake up in port and 20 years are gone uh-huh so we packed up and went around australia right and we we're sort of looking to see and we ended up at burley uh-huh. you know so i got my career was coming to an end and i got the job at billabong and mm. things like that and i was bringing up the daughters on the goldie but i was also managing the billabong junior series uh-huh i was sort of helping out with the contests and that and I was seeing how bad they were to girls yeah, on the right. Goldie. So I was like, I ain't bringing my daughters up here. Really? Yeah. So then we went back around Australia. We lasted six years on the Goldie. Right. And we went, well, we went up the East Coast. We lined it up with Stuart, Mike okay. Stewart. So he brought his family out and we all met at Borley Point and started there. So he brought Lise and the two kids and we had our two kids and... We stayed at Borley for just about three weeks. Right. Yeah, and then we sort of drifted up the coast, got to Sydney. We split ways there. We took them out to the Blue Mountains and showed them that and where Krista grew up because that's where she grew up. Uh And then I went out west to see all my relations and he went up the the east coast Uh and then we linked back in at the Gold Coast Uh and went up to the sunny coast and then I kept going on to, yeah, right up to Cooktown and then yeah, came right. back. Okay. But then we had our kids booked in at Byron and mm. yeah, it sort of, I sort of got to a point where I was trying to rely on uni students from bloody Lismore and I knew uni, uni students didn't have money. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I went to the council, I was going to put be, uh, beach umbrellas Yeah, this is on. cool. Yeah. So yeah. the beach chairs and umbrellas. Be- that's right. I, I love that yeah. bit. I was like, yeah, that's, I was that's like, cool well, idea. What can I do? And yeah. I, I thought, oh, well, you know, you see it all over the world, beach mm. umbrellas and chairs and yeah, hire yeah. them out. So yeah. I went to council and that wasn't getting anywhere, not no. in Byron Bay, you know. Funny, yeah. So my mate that I met going around Australia, he owned a caravan at Namble. Yeah. <laughs> so where's that exactly compared to here? That's like further out and it's up, where the, right? It's where the, fl- uh, the crows fly up sound 
upside, oh, okay. upside down. Okay. Because there's nothing worth shitting There's nothing worth shitting on. <laughs> I'm only doing this because my mate's going to listen to this. He's going to hate it. Because he's changed his sign to, to Wombai. It's like the, the lush little oh, hinterland hint oh, sort okay. of little. So he's not in the name or place Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. So cool he owns one. that. But anyway, he said, look, I'm going up there. It's the Gold Coast 10 years behind. Yeah. Why don't you do it? And I, I rung some friends at the, up here and. Mm. All of a sudden, I, they said the shop was there, so we come up, had a look, and within a month we moved up here. Yeah, right. Yeah, so five years prior, if someone said you were yeah. still going to be living on the Sunshine Coast 14 years later, I would have mm. laughed at them. What's what's um, what's the best part about living up here, in your opinion? Like in after all these years now, what are the kind of key? Th- points for you that you're like yeah this is a good idea yeah i think it's diversification like um i have my brother my sister my mum. my wife has her mum her brother her sister right so um that plus i play oztag as well yeah i play with that with my brother yeah cool you know so So the family's up here as well did everyone just get up here um my mum moved up here yeah right. yeah um and then i moved up then my sister moved up and right. then my brother moved from out west up. Okay. Yeah, so it was quite weird but good. So, cool. you know, that sort of thing. Plus, there is good waves. It's, yeah. It, it is really good. Like, we've got a place called Watulla up here. I okay. call it Poor Man's Stratty. If you've ever surfed Stratty, right. it's a damn good place. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, it, and it's really good on its day. Okay. And we've got a couple of reefs up here that work yeah. really well, but... When it's on, it's on. Yeah. When it's not, it's not. Yeah. It's not like Port or Foster where you can go around one corner yeah, exactly. and surf like even two foot fun little rip bowls or yeah. something. We don't get that. Right. Yeah. When it's not here, it's not here. And that's and it's what, just windy and yuck, It's windy, basically. yeah. So yeah. you've got to find other things to do. Mm. Yeah. I still haven't found it. But mm. yeah. <laughs> a bit of Oztag maybe fills yeah, the gaps well, and stuff. It does, busy. mate. Yeah. But I'm, I'm in the water. I do a lot of everything. Yeah. I find that I body surf a lot more because mm. when it's this big, you can still ride a little wave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm enjoying that. Really? Yeah, I really love it. How, eh? Why do you love that? That's an interesting thing you brought up earlier. Um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it too. Like, it's, yeah. I find it really cool and just it's, a different approach. Exactly. I think mm. that's the thing, the key factor is it's a different approach. Mm. So it's, it's, it's being in touch with the wave and you know, you've got to, you, if you don't put your body in the right spot, you sink. Yeah. You know, so it's really a touch and a feel thing and it's a real, it's a real connection to the mm. ocean. I don't know, Mike could explain it a shitload better than me, but yeah. Yeah, I but just... I think people expect him to, I think people expect that <laughs> above all of us mere mortals who want to talk about this. But yeah, like, what, what, With you, it yeah. is that, that kind of, um, yeah, I think you really put it well that if you're out of the, Oh. The the spot on yeah. the wave, you're out of you're, the you're wave. Out, you're no out. Matter you're what. sinking like you're if gone. If you free fall a wave and you don't know how to guide your hand and yeah. drift your body and hold your your chest up, yeah, you'll sink through it. Exactly. You know, so it's a lot more feely, touchy yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, mostly I surf Malulaba because of what work I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and that's a closeout. It's right. like um, Kaiki. Yeah, cool. Or Waimea Shori, but nowhere near as big. Yeah. But it's pretty intense, the takeoff. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, when it's a decent size, you're free falling down, you okay. know. And the challenge is to make it to the bottom. Yeah. And, you know, all that Before type of thing. Before you get smashed into the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So you enjoyed that. You enjoyed that. Love it. 
how long would you spend just dropping into closeouts at Malula Bar if you had your way? I'd probably do it three days a week. Really? Yeah. How long would a session be? Like an hour um, or anywhere from an hour to sometimes six hours. Just getting smashed into Yeah. Depends That's amazing. On, dep- yeah, depends on the people who I'm with. It dawned on me when I was in Hawaii last, I went around to the west side um, for a bit of a cruise, which mm-hmm. is an experience in itself. Like, you know, there's a whole other, you know, people get focused on the North Shore and what it has, and then you go to the west side and there's a whole different thing going on there. But what I noticed, which was funny, and I never fully understood it until I, I guess I, inter- in the same trip, I interviewed Pat Caldwell, mm. and he was talking about the experience at Sandy Beach and just kind of this idea of just pulling into a closeout and having a great time. Yeah. And I have never understood it for me. It's been on a bodyboard. I've just been like, be just pulling into a closeout and then it's all over and that's it. But like, you see people in Hawaii, like young kids, older people, pulling into closeouts and that's like the biggest joy of their lives. Exactly. And it's so interesting. It's such a different experience. Like, I have client, like, I do disability care. Yeah, cool. So that's my job. Okay, so I have clients that I've gone from, you know, never, never caught a wave, mm. and I've taken, and now I take them out in six foot closeouts at Malulaba, you know. So um, I love seeing their face when they're dropping down and yeah. pulling in, you know, and they pull into the closeout. But what that does teach them is how to ride a barrel. Mm. So what what you don't you forget when you've been a bodybuilder for so long. Yeah. You forget that basic skill of being able to pull in and mm. hold your chest high. Mm-hmm. And that teaches you to ride deep in a barrel. Yeah. You know, so that's still a skill that we forget that mm. we ride waves so much. We're so used to just, okay, we know where to sit, what yeah, to do, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But for these clients, they don't understand they're getting such good skill, mm. you know, to, to, to do this. Yeah. There's yeah. also that art of. Um it's, I don't know if I've, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, so listeners may just be like, shut up, Josh. But like, I remember my first trip to Tahiti, or one of the first trips I did to Tahiti, I was freaking out. I was like 16, 15 years old, and I was happened to be with Bullet at a coaching thing once, and I said, oh, shit, you know, I've got the call up to this trip in Tahiti, and he goes, oh, wow, that's great. And I'm like, yeah. Like, it's a strike mission-style thing with Ian Stewart and uh, Ben Holland and Tyson oh, yeah. was there, Matt Witter. I was like, what do I, like, like, what do I do? Like, I mean, what, what do you, what, how can I prepare for this? And he's like, just pull into a bunch of closeouts. Who said that to you? Bullet. Yeah, yeah. He goes, just, just pull into closeouts and don't hit the bottom. Like, just practice falling off inside the barrel. I mean, which is funny because it's like, it's basically him saying, you're not going to be making many barrels, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's preparing you exactly for the ones. For the, the worst. For the, for the, what are they, the north ones or the yeah, west the ones? West ones <laughs> the yeah, the west ones, the west ones, yeah. So it was good advice, but yeah. like it was interesting though because when you are pulling into these closeouts, you really do have to learn how to not hit the bottom hard because, you know, I've, I've had a YMA session that wasn't anywhere near as big as what Tim Jones and what some of you guys were doing back then. And I was just like... I am getting smashed here. Like, I could break my neck on this wave very easily. So, with this work you're doing, so you're basically saying that you're getting people with zero experience in the water, and basically, as part of your job, Mm -hmm. you're taking them body surfing. Yeah, I think... So, what job's this, and how does everyone else get it? That's the other point. (laughs) Okay, so I've been doing disability care for now nearly six years, Mm. um, 
And mate, it's been the most humbling thing going. Mm. Yeah. Um, these guys, mate, they they just take you for who you are. Mm. Yeah. And honestly, they're, 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 and they're eager to learn. And I always say my job description is a lifestyle facilitator. Sounds so cool. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> but um, I'm, I think I'm going to turn it into plus water therapy. Yeah. You know, because honestly, I see the clients and how... You know, they've got Asperger's, they've got all mm. different types of things. And I see them wind down once they're in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so good to see. Mm. You know, they're all up here. And then when they get in the ocean, it's just another... You can see what what we get, you know mm. what I mean? And you can see it work on them. Yeah. And they're just so stoked, you mm. know. And it's just such a humbling thing to see. Mm. Yeah. But and they're exhausted too, I imagine, by the end of some of these well, body surfaces. they're the me. Right. Yeah, they take me. Like they're they, they, they love it, mate. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I get them when I, I've got days off. I get texts, what are you doing? Mm. Where are you going to be? That's you know, epic. like, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be at Mooloolaba. Yeah, you know, cool. So it's good. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, you, but, I mean, and you were saying you've got pretty pretty long days, like, but you, you, you do find a, you do get to, inc- like, include some water therapy into those days. Like, it's a very common part of your it, work. It is... 80% of my work. You're kidding? No. That's so crazy. I do a seven hour day today. I did seven hours today and I spent three and a half in the water. Yeah. This guy. Still, still getting paid to <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, look, honestly, I, I giggle about it and laugh mm. about it. Like, mm. I'm still getting paid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But... It works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talk you talk about the veterans that go and do it. And yeah. How much it helps their mind. Yeah. And it really does. Yeah. And, and like, the famous saying, uh, you know, I s- Bill Long, yeah. only a surfer knows the feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Once you're in there and you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. You're not sponsored by them anymore. You don't have to represent. I know, them mate. Podcast, but yeah, mate. they were. They, they were a good. Voice. They were a good company. They were right. You got mate, the best. Let's honestly, go there. Like That's I, good. I wanted to go there anyway. Yeah. So like, you got. You were in there at a really good period with that company, weren't you? Mate, I I was there at the best. Yeah. yeah, I had some great people look after me, and yeah, I I would not burn that company. What they had a different direction, and it started drifting the wrong way. Mm. That's why I got out. Yeah. Um, and that was unfortunate, but I think they were scared too. Right. You know, so. Scared of what? Um, we were growing. Yeah. We were growing at a pretty high pace. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it could have worked. Yeah. But um, I still think it can work with um, different things. Like, I, I suggested, like, bring back bad, uh, bad Billies. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah and, and just bring that into the bodyboarding section. Right. And start that up. Did they and, own that as well? Yeah, yeah. Back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah, Bad Billies. Didn't realise yeah, the connection. Yeah, so, yeah. And just things like that. But, yeah, they said thanks, but no thanks. You know, they were going a different marketing way. And, of course, you know, what goes up must come down unless you do the right things, you know. Mm. You know so and they've come down eventually. Yeah, they came down, and the right, but that's smart. Like, you know, Dougal Walker was a legend. Right. You know? Honestly, he he grabbed me by the arm and he goes, "Look, can I only afford to pay you this, but I'll always look after." And he always stuck to his word. Mm. When I come to the career end, you know, they dropped me mega. I was ready to burn my clothes out the front of it. <laughs> I was going to call the news and everything. That would have been good. But um, yeah, 
Dukes got in there and he said, no, 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 no. I've said this, this is what we're doing. And they ripped the contract up in front of my face and said, we've handled this so wrong. I said, where's Dougal? Because all I went in there was to burn yeah, each yeah, one yeah. of them. And he goes, no, no, what do you want? That's their exact words. What do you want, Epo? We can't pay you to surf forever. What do you want? You know, so that was a huge... What did you ask experience. for? Um, I didn't know at the time. <laughs> I was too busy. You were just like, too the busy. lighter and the clothes right there. Like, <laughs> That's exactly, what do you mean what I want? Exactly what I said. I said, I don't know, because I was coming in to fucking rip you an arsehole. <laughs> you know? And then I said, I have to think about it. And they go, all right. Let so, me calm down and calm So down. I ended up agreeing to three days a week. Working. So tw- 24 hours a week. Yeah. Um, on a contract. Yeah. Yeah, so... And that was, uh, I think they signed a three-year contract with okay. me then. Yeah. So you were in the office then working yep. there? Yeah, three days okay. a week. And That's interesting. Was that, a, cause was that kind of your first um, real job? Yeah. It was, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a pastry cook before that. That's right, you were. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you, did, you were a pastry cook when you were young. You yeah, did so the apprenticeship and all that kind of stuff nah, as a teenager? Nah, or you nah, just nah. worked in a bakery? I worked... In the donut shop, I made donuts for Donut King for three years. That's amazing. Yeah. I finished school, year 10, couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. I had two days. Yeah. Went straight to work. So I didn't even get the school holidays. Damn. Yeah, straight into work. And then and then I was doing the donut shops while I was winning. Con- I remember winning the New South Wales titles. Yeah. And rocking home at four in the morning. And Pete Gleason drops me out the back of the bakery and I rock in with my trophy, the backpack and the board under the arm, throw it down and go to work. <laughs> go punching holes in yeah. dough. They go, how'd you go? Yeah, one. One. <laughs> Get where's, to work. Where's the dough? Where's my apron? <laughs> yeah, no. Wow, so good. you were there for a while doing that while you were he, bodyboarding? He was a good boss, mate. He'd yeah. let me go when it was time to go. And Epic. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, when did it... Um, in in the career development because you did mention a really cool thing about your dad we were kind of joking about dads getting involved in bodyboarding when their sons start to like get interested in it so like my uh, most people know that my father got involved in quite a, quite a big way but with your father he, you you mentioned that it was off the back of um, the first ever comp in port or something like yeah, that right? so, so what's that story in 87 the there was a contest uh, ran by Paul Dawson okay um and he he just ran a contest. We ended up having it at um, Middle Rock. Okay. Yeah. So and there was a fair few. There was about forty six of us. So nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. I'll, I'll show you. If was you this one of the mo- first comps in Australia then? Or uh, no, no. no. What was no, happening no. before that? There was heats before that. Okay. Um, that, you got to talk to Evan and Ben. Uh, sorry, and. Um, Barney and oh, okay. all that. Uh, so there was already there a bit, bit happening. There, there was since 82, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, the comp started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and okay. that's Wayne Smith and all the boys. Okay, yeah, cool. So, yeah. All right. There's yeah, so I, I'm episode. sort of a, like seven years behind okay. some of the original boys from Australia. Okay. Like, yeah, the, the Hume brothers and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 so, the brothers Hume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. Yeah, St- Sorensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and, um, Appleby and that were the Groms. Right. Know? Yeah. So, okay. And Ross. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the 87 was Port Macquarie and I win the contest. Like mm. I beat my, or my hero was um, Rob Cotter. 
Rob no. Cotter, I remember yeah, that name. So I remember he, that he name. was the original guy from Port. Okay. And then we had a few crew above us, the Nabins and yeah. all them guys. Okay. And, yeah, so it was just, it was my size, quite small. And, um, but Dad goes, well, where does he go from here? And he goes, I don't know, I just ran a contest, you know. Mm. And so, of course, Dad's being Dad's. And mm. Dad ran the footy back in Cara, where I grew up out west. Yeah, right. And so he um, got a few parents together and started a committee. And yeah. Yeah, Simon Navin was president. And that's how it all kicked off in 87, and then October 87. October 87. And your, yeah. and your father, I mean, I met your father as a grommet, time. you know, like... That must have been, yeah, like into the mid-90s and he was still... Uh, Dad just... Uh, he was involved a long time. Yeah, Dad, Dad went on and he went on to run and help organise New South Wales. Yeah. And, yeah, once I had my career, Dad helped everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, like... He was still for, hanging around, For yeah. the club, he'd write everyone a resume. Oh, right. So they could go down to the local surf shop and get give, a sponsor. Give him, yeah, give him a chance to get a sponsor. <laughs> He'd write cool. everyone. That's yeah. so good. Cool. What, everyone in the club? Everyone in the club. But <laughs> if they wanted it, he'd write them out a little... A little reference. A little... Um, so their, cool. their heats, because he kept all the heats oh, and everything. Okay, right. And he did this and this, and yeah, this is his con. Yeah. Okay, so he yeah. was verifying their, their results for yep. the sponsors. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Nah. Dad looked after everyone. Dad was everyone's dad. Yeah. Know, so yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. And Krista goes, well, you never took after him and went yeah. and did that. I was the one carrying the shit off the beach yeah. for 10 years. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. I'd already done my time. Michael, come here. Like, Carry the tent. Oh, God damn it. Six o'clock in the morning, everyone's rocking at seven. And I was there at four. 5.30, yeah. bringing the tent to the beach. Well, I got roped into... <laughs> well, yeah, I had similar experiences, but it was when we had the Jeff Wilcox competition at, um, like, Janie's Corner or some of the more isolated yeah. beaches around Foster, and you needed to have a crew that would camp out the night and look after the, the tent. So yeah. I ended up, you know, sleeping on beaches. and oh, But it was actually super cool, you know, to, oh. like, camp out at your local beach. Mate, I organised everyone to go to Manly in 88, and the Port Macquarie boys could confirm this, but... In 88, I organised a bus. Yeah. I organised um, to get to the contest. And so I got everyone down, meeting at the service station at 7 o'clock in the morning. We're off to Manly. We're going for the, I think it was the State Cups or yeah, something yeah. like that. I can't even remember what it was, but... <laughs> I get them all on the bus that all handed me the money <laughs> to pay the bus driver. And I went... I get them down the road, like just getting out of port, and I go, "Want the good news or the bad news?" And they went, "Good news." I went, "Yeah, we're going to Manly." <laughs> What's the bad news? We got no accommodation. <laughs> <laughs> so we slept just... under the tents on Manly on Beach. Manly Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then the South Australian guys felt sorry for us and let us all crash in their two units. So the Manly. port boys were just. On the beach. On the beach. Homeless. Homeless. And poor That's Nigel, amazing. Nigel Little, he took his board out of the, We left all ours in the bus and oh. said, can you come back in the morning at six and give us our boards and that? Yeah. He brung his, got flogged. No way. Fell asleep holding it and someone flogged it. No way. Yeah. Brutal. So, yeah. Brutal. Good old days. So, I mean, do you, do you remember going back to these good old days? Like, you, you won the first comp in Port. How old were you when you won that comp? Do you remember? Mm. 
17. Yeah. So, how long had you been bodyboarding before then? I moved to Port when I was 12 and a half. So, I got my first bodyboard when I was 13. Okay, so you're straight into it. In yeah, Port Macquarie, so three beaches years. there. What yeah. am I going to do? Bodyboard. Yeah. Do you remember, was it a choice of your own or was it what, what was <laughs> handed to you? Okay. I remember it, we rocked into Port maybe October or September. Yeah. Of ninety three, mm. and I oh, sorry, eighty three, uh, uh, eighty two, eighty two. Yeah, right. and Dad goes, I'll buy you that. I go, what do you want for uh, Christmas? I go, a bodyboard. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, how about that? And it was like that fifteen dollar like cool light, yeah, yeah, painted, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And I go, if you get me that, I'll throw it in the bin. Uh huh. I don't want it. Uh-huh. I go, I want that one with the glued on fins. Yeah, and right. And that was a WTS. I've got one in the shed. A WTS? A What's w- that one? It's a, flim- a flexi bendy uh-huh. blue or green you could get them okay, back right. in the day. Okay. And the fins were glued on. And yeah, obviously right. the first right up the sand, you snap them out. Okay. <laughs> but that was my first board. Wait, is it in that shed just there? I've, I found an, a lady riding one and I swapped her a brand new board for it. No way. Yeah, years later when That's I had the classic. shop. Yeah, but I've That's got classic. one the same as what That's I cool. had. So you got yeah. the WTS. Was it like, yeah. so the Cool Light one was what, 15 bucks or something? Yeah, and this one was, How six, was 59. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it must be like not terribly <laughs> yeah. more expensive. You can bend it in half yeah, and it touches right. the tail. It's that okay. good. <laughs> Epic. But anyway, yeah, I rode that for six, six months. Um, and then I saved up and brought a second-hand turbo. Pink, turbo. Pink turbo. Nice. Yeah, 55 bucks I brought it for. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why you picked the bodyboard in the first place? Um, I ran into a good mate of mine, Goose. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, Goose Cosby. Yeah, yeah Goose right. Cosby. So cool. we, we started hanging out together. There's actually a photo of me and him, like, leaning on our... Right. Our bendy boards, you know. Sick. Yeah, so, um, so Goose I, was into I it. actually had a female um, ski suit on, and I had this. <laughs> it, it, the arms so the zipper were, up the front, zipper up the cleavage front, in or and out. Hips. You know the hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my first sweaty <laughs> from Vinnie's. Quite a high cut on the on <laughs> no, the legs. Or? legs oh, okay, luckily, <laughs> yeah. luckily. So yeah. Oh, classic. Yeah, so we started just surfing. We weren't allowed to go every day, so every, like, Monday, Wednesday, and th- uh, Friday. So you're, like, 14, uh, 13-ish, 14. Yeah, 13, 14. Okay. Yeah. And we just started going and going and going. Honey. Yeah. Then I actually sold the Turbo for the same price, 55 but I was saving up for the Max 7.7 because everyone wants getting them. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I want them. Yeah. Yeah. And so in between selling that, I rode a surfboard. I oh, see so you did... T- you did yeah. switch over to the dark side for, for a little bit. For three months, and it was in winter, and I remember surfing Shelly Beach, and I must have had the wrong stance, Yeah. and the and I went to pull into a barrel, and it rolled, the surfboard rolled up, hit me in the shins, in the knee, uh-huh. in, in the chest, in the arms, and then under the chin, and I crawled to the beach, and I was like, fuck this. Fuck fiberglass. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Saved hard for that max. Yeah, seven. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Little funny historical thing from my side on just with Goose Gosby because, you, you know, the name means a lot to me. Not yeah. that I ever got to meet him, but it was the first ever competition I won. Ah. Yeah, and I won at a port at yeah. Lighthouse Beach. And yeah. kind of the funny bit was is that there was this... There was this interesting thing with the Goose Gosby comp in that they gave the biggest trophy to the winner of the Grommets. Yes. 
Yeah, that was yeah. a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. So I remember I won it and it was like a huge deal for me. Yeah. Like the first big comp. Yeah. And I get this massive trophy and Mason Rose won the Open Men's and he goes, yeah. huh, nice little, trophy. Yeah. yeah. And he was a little bit like, not jealous, but he was like, he was what jealous. Don't you worry about yeah. that. So it's <laughs> massive. Know, I'm just like holding on to this thing and then I'm like, this. Yeah, that was the whole off. idea was yeah. to stoke the Groms out. That was so it, right? That was his ma- his mum and his grandfather's idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they had a talk about that uh-huh. to me. And yeah, cool. so that was the whole idea was to promote the grommets coming through. Like, how stoked was that kid? You know what I mean? He was. Yeah, where, <laughs> the, where the guys that, like a Mason Rose, yeah. they won it. They've comp. got an ego. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So they, they won the comp. They can still talk about it. Yeah. But you've got, you've got this. And then you go yeah. home and then the other kids go, yeah. Really? Yeah, wow. exactly, yeah. You know, it definitely so, worked. Yeah, and I love the concept, what I heard, what uh, Hub's doing. Yeah, like yeah, The yeah. boogie board and bodyboarding. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the muck around stuff, was, I love yeah. that concept. Yeah. I reckon the world should adapt that concept. Yeah, right. We yeah, I all, really like there. that. And I was the one who grew up going, no, it's not a boogie board, it's a bodyboard, mate. Yeah. You know, I was that person mm. because I was trying to be the professional. But now I'm older and I see it from a different perspective and, mm. and I help the... My, my old man always said, if you don't support the grassroots, the foundation mm. will fall. Mm. And I, I, I believe that 100%. So you keep the clubs going, you keep everything moving, and yeah. you feed the clubs. They're the foundation that will support the top. Mm. Yeah, so... We've lost our way a bit, though, and I, I think... I t- no, 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 no. I mean, in, <laughs> on that question, because it's good to... I, look, the podcast moves wherever it wants to move, and I think, like, we're kind of moving towards the career discussion and the, the professionalisation discussion, which is something I wanted to go to, because as a professional rider, you know, like, for me, if I cast myself back into my grommet self, you know, you and Ben Holland and Bullet... Um, and then of course Mike was over there in Hawaii and stuff, but for Australia, you guys were the professionals, you know, like for me, it was like, these are the guys that I'm looking up to as a grommet. And then you had these kind of like, you know, your kingies and your Ben players, they were just like the teenagers in between, but you guys were the adults, Yeah. you know, and you may not think you were an adult at the time maybe, but you know, you were, when did that professional moment happened for you like what was yeah. that story how did, how did that kind of happen when i won the world title oh really yeah mate so interesting yeah before, i thought it might have been earlier nah mate i was uh, uh people were going who won yeah, yeah right. outside of australia everyone's like who yeah. what was his name <laughs> uh, Appleton. Uh, who's that guy but honestly like outside of australia i was a nobody i'd right. been to away twice you know a couple of the boys had seen me, yeah. but no, I, I pretty well flew on to the scene. Once I won that, yeah. it was like boom. And I remember Strowy, he was, um, yeah, he um, walked down the beach that day and he goes, I got me money on someone. I went, who? He goes, someone who's good in these conditions. And who's that? And he goes, you. I go, ah, bullshit. He goes, no, this is your day. He said it to me. Really? Yeah. That day. Did that make a difference for you in the moment? Um, I was always a skeptic. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Joey. Yeah, mate. Right. yeah, that's one you should interview. Actually, um, yeah, I was always that guy that was. 
I think I saved myself. So I'd always go, oh, I don't know whether I'll get through this. Right. And I think that was just a protective level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love competing. Like, yeah. I, 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 comp- I competed until the last minute. Right. You know, that was my, I enjoyed that rush of, yeah, yeah. you know, I can I still it. win this at the yeah, last yeah, yeah. 10 seconds. Well, they're the best victories too. Oh, mate. Well, that, the semi-final of the pipe. Like, right. I was down and out. Mike and Ben were winning that heat yeah. by a mile. It's me, Mike, Ben, and uh, Lance and Ron Quilio. Yeah, right. And I just remember I was like, it's down and out, but I knew I had the double roll. Yeah. And I just knew I was in trouble. Yeah. I, I heard it and I was like, and I attempted it on the left and I hit it wrong and I sort of spun and fell off. Right. And I knew it wasn't going to, I was like, oh, damn it. And then it came to the last 30 seconds. Really? And the right hander came. And I just hit that backdoor section and made it, yeah. What happened in the final? Because we, we did try to get this story down in Kiama like last year, but it didn't <laughs> quite come out because of the... I'm going to blame the Cronulla boys for drinking too much and making too much noise. I think it was just the old crew getting together. <laughs> been a few years exactly. since we'd all got together. The reunion that took yeah. place. But So what happened in the final? How did that play out? So I was sitting on the beach mm. and... I was trained by Jim Brabant. Yeah. Marcus Brabant was a professional surfer in the day who yeah. I went to school with. And yeah. I, I used to get all his gear, his second-hand gear, yeah, you cool. know. Um, but his dad trained us, and then he kept training me. And was I'm, he filming as well? He was filming. He did all the underground tapes. Exactly. So all that footage of I me in the that. underground tapes, that's Jim Brabant yeah. and Echo's Freak Show, 90% yeah. of, not 90, but 60% of it's yeah. Jimbo, you know, cool. so... Yeah, he's one of my best mates. I went to his 80th the That's other day. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I've but, met him once many years ago. Yeah. Nice guy. But um, anyway, he told me, he goes, Epo, I just want to say one thing. This was maybe a year or two earlier. He goes, you might only get one chance at it. Mm. So if you only get one chance, it's all or nothing. Mm. You've got to go into that heat all or nothing. Mm. And I remember sitting on the beach. I'm listening to Eye of the Tiger. Nah. <laughs> All or nothing, all or nothing, yeah, you know, right. got to be all or nothing. And I get a tap on the shoulder <laughs> like this, and it's Aka Lyman's uh, mum. Uh. And I'm like, she goes, Epo, you're supposed to be out there. Uh. And I look, and they're all paddling out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. It's all or nothing. It's all more like nothing right now. Threw me ready on, threw me shirt on, ran down, threw no me flippers way. on. As I'm on the sand, the hooter goes. Get out. Yeah. And I'm paddling out. That's and so it was the hooter funny. for the consolation final. And I remember Ben did a spin and he's just riding past me. He goes, kick his fucking ass. <laughs> That's what he said to me. Because who else? Mike was in the final, right? <laughs> kick his fucking ass. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And nice. I was like, I was so like just trying to get out there. Mike told me years later that he thought it was a tactic of mine. Oh, right. Yeah. It, apparently it threw him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wasn't, and by the time I got out there, they'd sat out too far, so I'd turn and got the first wave. Oh, they were pushing each other too, too deep. deep. yeah. Oh. And then... How big was it? It was only small. It was like... Yeah, right. Yeah, but, they, but they managed to take themselves out of the zone. Yeah, well, they... It, it, it was it was like a paddle battle yeah, thing. Yeah, so they were pushing and GT and Mike, you know, yeah, were there like. Yeah. Yeah, and poor Ak was just like, what's going on? So Ak <laughs> was in the final yeah. as well. Yeah. And he was, was he prone or drop knee? Mostly in those conditions. Would both. He been on, yeah, he would have been yeah, on both, right? I think he mainly proned in the final. 
don't quote me on that. No, I'll have I was to too have busy a in my research, own head yeah. doing that. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, I got the first two waves, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, I got the first two waves, and and then it started. The comp started. Yeah, you know? and then I was out in front a bit, and then GT started creeping in. Yeah, you know, he was doing combos right to the beach. Right, but then the set of the day come through, and me and Acra are there, and I go, which way are you going? He goes, I'll go left and you go right. And I thank Acker to this day because that uh, was me nearly nine. I think I got nines for the wave. What would you do on it? I did a big roll and a reverse float. Oh, yeah. a reverse float on the end section? Yeah. Wow, that's uh, kind of ballsy. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, so, like scary at backdoor. Oh, it wasn't that big. <laughs> okay, well, even on small, like, you're under some shallow room. Yeah, it was shallow. Anyway. But yeah, but anyway, that was that was the best wave. And it was okay. just a real good shape. It was yeah. a barrel. It held its and, form the whole way. Yeah, so... Yeah, so if it wasn't for Acker being a nice guy like he is. That uh, sounds really nice for the time. It was awesome, mate. Like, that's, like, almost too nice for that yeah. period of competition. Like, yeah. well, there was a lot of, like... Well, both me and him were so stoked to yeah, just be Yeah, you're in the there. final, yeah. But like GT, that was his third. Exactly. Yeah, you know, Mike's won six in a row at this stage, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I remember, sitting, other guys, I remember yeah. sitting in year 10 and he's won three in a row. And I'm sitting there talking to Goose <laughs> yeah. in English and going... Imagine being the guy that beats him after three. Yeah, right. You know? And he'd won that's six cool. in a row. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that's pretty. So cool. you get this. So was one of your early waves part of your score? Was it two best first, two waves? First two. They were my. So my, best three were the best three. Best three were counted. So yeah, your first two. Yeah. Were like in the in the bank. Yeah. From the start, because everyone yep. had pushed themselves too deep. Yep. And, and they I had, thought that was a tactic. So then, was there live scoring back then or not? Um, Did you get reports from the shore geez, like, hey, Epo's coming first? Or I don't, there was none I of that? I don't think so because we had to wait and see who won. Okay, so yeah, yeah so, okay, no one so it was knew, silent. So one, no one knew who but won. They knew you had waves. They yeah, knew you were... and I didn't think, but Barney was my caddy through the whole comp, uh-huh. and, but they wouldn't let any caddies out uh-huh. in the final. No, it was too small. See, uh-huh. like yeah, so they we were they were allowed to be on the beach, but if not, you needed the board, yeah, switch yeah, over. yeah, yeah. So, okay. but um, yeah, I remember coming in. and He goes, "Fuck it, so I think you got it." Wow. I go, "Don't do this to me, yeah, Barnes. Don't do it to me." He goes, "Yeah, it's close. It's close." <laughs> what was the final result? I beat GT by half a point. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Stuart got third. <laughs> <laughs> and Aka was just chilled at fourth place like I'm pretty good guys yeah, I'm, I'm having happy. a good time yeah. wow yeah. so from that moment that was the professional career yeah mate my life changed honestly I was a kid from the country and yeah. you know I had I tried to get a manager I had a nightmare like right. Jono I, I rung him up I rung dad when I won I yeah. went across the road to the phone booth you I've, know, the, I've made a call from that few. phone booth yeah. Too. Yeah. back in the day when there was no mobiles yeah, yeah. and I rung reverse charges <laughs> done that too <laughs> yeah. and I, t- I said oh, have a guess who won and he goes Stuart <laughs> <laughs> I go nah he goes Ben <laughs> nah he goes I don't know who I go I did he goes no okay yeah that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah. It must be weird, like, sorry, on that question, because now with live streaming and, you know, it's so now, and, and people actually get to live the moment a lot with you. So, like, was that kind of, like, with your dad playing such a big role 
in your bodyboarding life, I mean, it, he must like, he might have felt like he missed out on something a bit there, right? Like to actually oh, yeah. feel it and be in it. Like I know my parents get to watch the live stream, so when I do well, yeah. I get text messages. You know, I come in from my heat and I've got all this feedback. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh mate, that was sick. You know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Down, you know, I get a lot of lot of stuff in the moment. Yeah. But back then there was just none of nah. that. You just alone on the North Shore and you just right. became a world champion. Yeah. I, like, I, I, you had, know. I had Krista with me. Yeah, okay. So you had, you had one. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. your fan club is only who could have been, been there, there at the well, time. That, that's what made us so close. Yeah. You know, the Aussies, we had the biggest party ever that, <laughs> that night. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was shut. Is that good for the podcast? Shut, shut down at 10.30, yeah, mate. Right. Mate, that, you couldn't walk through our carpet. It was like, beers <laughs> were just getting shaken, tipped. It must have been Food crazy. against wall. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Nugget was there. Of course, that's well, what's going to happen. The floors. <laughs> we'll give that to Nugget. The cops come and they go, who's, who's, who's party? I went, oh, look, it's mine. And he goes, all right. We'll be back in half an hour. If this ain't cleaned up, we're taking you away. Oh, I went, why? He goes, well, you're the party if we take you away. I said, <laughs> I go, mate, you don't know Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, see you in half an hour. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that was it. Yeah. So, no, nah, it was good. Yeah. But the world changing bit. Sorry. So, it's like, are you saying that before, because... For, for maybe the uninitiated or the people who don't really understand the situation, at the time you would have had sponsors. I'm assuming you had some sponsors, right? You had Rio Piper probably back I then. I had Rio Piper and I was getting $75 a week. Crazy. And he kept me that eight months. After? On, on the contract, yeah. Because <sighs> I wouldn't sign with him. What, a, you, you wouldn't renew? No, he wanted to pay me twenty grand. I said, no. Nah. Right. And he wouldn't let me out of my two grand contract for the uh-huh. year. And so Mant- he tried to lock you in and at 20. Mantis and Mantis going, I'll like, give you 40, I'll give you 40 plus royalties plus this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going, come on, match it. Yeah. And he wouldn't. Okay. So, so yeah. you're getting offers immediately. I was living on the on the check. Me and Krista were living on the check. From Pipe? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What was the check back then? Uh, six grand US. Wow. Eight grand Australian. You, you realise like, <laughs> yeah, but you realise that I think like a world tour comp now it's about five grand US. Yeah, well don't worry, but uh for <laughs> Bullet when he won the biggest year ever, it was the cheapest one ever. I think oh, it was two grand. You're kidding. No, but who I've, cares? You wouldn't I know, I know. But still yeah. like, back then I was it so might shattered. Have stung a little the bit. best comp. It was Fucked yeah, up that comp, was the, right? One of the best comps, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. His sideburns are amazing during that <laughs> final tour. That's all I remember that. Well, back then he His had no sponsors. Yeah. It, it, like, That's Rick right. dropped him. He won the Aussie tour. Yeah. And he just, it was one of his best years ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, he, he was killing it. Uh, I love that guy. He's awesome. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. Absolute legend. But so, coming back to you, this is your <laughs> podcast. You like to deflect other people too much. You get these offers and you're locked into a contract. And before that, you're saying you're on 75 bucks a week. Did you even have a board model before Pipe? No, none of that. Ah, uh, did I? Did you have an Epo with, with Rio? You must have I had must one. must have. No, I think he started it in that eight months. That's uh, why he held me in it. He milked you. Yeah, he milked, he milked me. you good. Okay. Yeah. And then when and you jumped to Manta one of those... Those eight months are up. You're yeah. like, sorry, mate, you had your chance. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I think I think I got to a point where 
think he might have offered, and I went, <laughs> see, ya. see you later. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. anyway, yeah. You didn't want to speak bad of anyone in the podcast. No. I'm not going to make you go there. Good. <laughs> um, well, I'll very happily speak about Manta because I, that was, you know, one of my first sponsors and, you know, I, I even had the chance to kind of work in there with Terry Fleming and like, you know, one of the nicest guys in bodyboarding history. Definitely say that for him. Um, but you're saying, I just want to get this yeah, yeah, hammered on. through, like 75 bucks a week, mm-hmm. you get held into the contract because yep. you're in a tricky situation, but then finally when you're released... Okay, it so, must have been a game changer. So what like, happened is, for life. Krista's step-grandmother tried to manage me. I went down and seen Warney's, okay. you know, Warney's manager in Warney Sydney. being Shane Warne. Shane Warne, okay. yeah, all this. And they wanted 28%. Of, 28%? Yeah, and I was like, fuck, I've got nothing, you know? Yeah. You know, but um, anyway, long story short, it was becoming a nightmare. And yeah. the grand, step-grandmother said, oh, these are all hopeless. I'll manage you, you know, and she was going to do tie-dyes t-shirts and I'm like this is going nowhere <laughs> this is what I mean about growing up <laughs> I'm like god what am I gonna do it was a and problem being was the success was becoming a problem oh it was huge man yeah, I was right. earning nothing and I was world champ I'm still trying to do promotions and, yeah. but I'm not doing too many because I'm stuck in a contract that's not working yeah, right. and anyway I, I went and seen Mike Perry so okay. uh, surf alert yeah. He had surf alert. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. three, two years prior, I'm at um, Kevin Barr, I think his name was. He was a rep. Okay. And he just opened his uh, business in Queensland. We went to the the opening. Yeah. And I met Mike Perry. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was the first editor of Riptide. That's where I'm remembering yeah. the name now. Because I'm like, so, why do I know this name yeah. so well? But I do remember the surf alert as well. Yeah. So okay. anyway, I met him. He wasn't doing that but he was giving advice uh-huh and professional advice okay and i i said mate would you would you help me out and he goes look to tell honest truth kid what you've told me you're a nobody so okay he goes but if you ever win a world title or become somebody come and come and see me hmm. you know? so i remembered that conversation yeah, yeah. so i ring him up he goes, oh, no, no, mate, I'm doing surf alert on this and that. I go, mate, can I get some advice? I'm stuck. I'm world champ. I'm four or five, I think it was four months into it at this stage. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I just, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, come up and get some advice. Okay. So I pack my bags and off to Queensland. Right. And so I rock up on the Monday and I go, oh, mate, like, can you help me? He goes, no, no, no. All right, let's go surfing. So we went surfing and stayed. No, no one stays at Mike's place. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know so you got you to sleep over. Of okay. So you got to got to sleep over. That's <laughs> sorry, a big deal. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So this is him though, like letting yeah, you in. Let yeah. me in and yeah, trying cool. to help me and they cool. were doing yeah. Anyway, Tuesday, next wake up. Can you help? Oh, you should do this. You did. Can you manage? Nah, mate. No. All right, let's go surfing. Off we go, surfing. Wednesday, same thing. Thursday, mine. Because you're not fucking leaving. I'm going world champion, earn $75 a week. He goes, all right, 10%, and I'm only doing the negotiations. I went, done. Next year, I made $156,000. Paid him 15 grand. 
and mate, it's been that's a, how you do it. It's been right? friendships ever since. That's cool. That was our number one thing that we don't lose our friendship out yeah, of. Yeah, right. As a group. That cool. was the key factor. So he just did the negotiations though. Like he just made sure that the contracts were right. He, he did, did that a bit. A lot more than that. Oh, okay. Mate, so he honestly. did do a lot more. Okay. Yeah. And he 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 was the one who got the old El Paso. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I agree. We're getting to old El Paso. <laughs> this is uh, a good friend of mine said. You know, I did a shout out on Instagram to ask for questions, and this buddy of mine I had a chat to. I was telling Epo before, but that that basically was all about like. How did you get the old El Paso gig? And it seems like it's a Mike Perry thing, right? Yeah, so it actually come down. Here's an interesting people don't know. Yeah. It actually came down to either me or Bullet. Oh, really? Yeah, so one of the guys who was in one of the four guys that was doing the marketing for old El Paso, because they had the big sailing boat back then, a big old El Paso sailing uh-huh. boat. If you Google old El Paso in the 90s, right, you'll see this big thing. So interesting. Yeah, anyway... Their kids were into bodyboarding, and they go, "Who's the okay, bodyboarder?" Classic, yeah. Echo sure. or Bullet, so it, it could have gone either way. Really? Yeah. So that, and then the kids said Epo. and the kids said Epo. Yeah, and that's, that's how it. I got it. Yeah. Wow! And then they rang Mike. Yeah, and then and we went down it. and had a meeting, and um, yeah. So the first contract was for ten grand for, I think we signed for six days a year. What does that even mean? Oh, that means I had to go to... Oh, to do photo shoots yeah. or whatever they wanted for six, six days. days. Ten grand for six days. Epic. That's all they wanted. That's pretty good. The next year we six all days. got in and we, you know, dressed up, went in there. They go, all right, we want to continue this on, but we want to go and we want you to do a couple of shop interviews, like okay. to stay in the shops, can out balloons and do a bit of thing. And then we want to do older Paso coaching clinics. Oh, yeah. So okay. we do a few of them, like three of them. Cool. Yeah, so, and that's where the older Paso and the thing came on the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so 25 boards were given out free, you know, yeah, over right. this period of time. And um, yeah, so, yeah, we rocked in and we go, we want 20 grand. They went, sweet. We yeah. went, <laughs> We could have got 80 oh, or no. something, mate. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Was that a big, was that a big, um... Was it a big difference going from your bodyboard industry negotiation to a corporate negotiation? Obviously, we a had boss, right? no, no clue. idea. We were little ants in a yeah. big, yeah, yeah. We're definitely little fish in a big pond. Yeah, yeah. it was a definitely a different world. I could have pulled a hundred and fifty grand contract, no worries. Yeah. I reckon out yeah. of something like that. If you had a yeah, you just didn't know the industry. We were in we were in a big industry that we didn't really know enough about. Yeah, and like only, food and beverage. Yes, like so, everyday things. Yeah. That, like our multi million dollar deals yeah. and yeah. But the truth, like it was just such an interesting time. Yeah, know? and we loved it. Like. That was the first time Mike had left the Gold Coast, I think, Mike Perry, for the negotiations. Like, you know, he, he, he I think he caught a train down because he doesn't like flying. The XPT. He got on the XPT <laughs> down to Sydney. That's classic. Yeah. Wow. Was that the only, was that the only step you took? Well, obviously the iconic image of you doing the air on top of the corn chip, you know, that was when everyone was like, holy shit, this bodyboarder is sponsored by... Old El Paso. I think the only other person that really achieved something similar was Tyson Williams with the Milo. Milo. Yeah. Like, and that was a big deal. I remember well, seeing a bodyboarder on TV. I think he got like, it before wow. I got the... Yeah, I think it might yeah, have even been... It, it was super early. Yeah. But, like, was that your only step 
into the corporate world yeah, with bodyboarding? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, there was nearly a time where I, right at the end of my career, we nearly secured a deal with Piping Hot. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the, I think it was Target. When okay. Piper Hot was big. Yeah. But it, mate, it would have been a good end of the career. Yeah. I think we were going for 130 grand. And right. we, we were that close. We missed the window of the boards getting made for oh, the so next year. So we were piping hot boards. Piping hot boards. Wow. We have a how-to on it. Ah, the I was going to have like six models in there. And right. Yeah, it was that close. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. What was the retirement impulse like how did that come about how old were you when you kind of retired i I retired pretty early yeah Yeah. i I feel like i I had a few a few things i never wanted to go out where people were going you know like what's he still doing here yeah why is he here you know all that sort of stuff i didn't want that and i think that was just I don't know, something probably imprinted in me when I was a kid. I don't know what okay. it was, but yeah. I always wanted to do it the right way, okay. go out on top. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't want to... I told myself when, when I got knocked out of the top ten. Oh, that was your thing. Yeah. When I'm out of the top ten, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really brutal on yourself. Yeah. Oh, I had a Maybe wife. I'm saying that because I'm currently 17. I had, had a wife and two kids too. I felt like that yeah, might have been more it. So, okay. so. I d- it did come down towards the end of it. it, it we, we were fighting towards the end of my career and it was sort of a balance. You right. know, another world title, a wife and two kids. Yeah, know? sure. It got to a point where, you know, it's a selfish thing what you do, you know. Mm. When you're bodyboarding, you have to put yourself first, mm. you know. And, um, yeah, I had res- responsibilities, I think. God, at 28, how old were they? They were seven and eight, you know, so... Right. Oh, no, they were, yeah, yeah, maybe five and six, yeah. Okay, so you had kids quite young. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Me, Kainoa, and Steph were yeah, the, the yeah, parents yeah. on the tour. The parents on tour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, like, the real world yeah, well, came in there. But it wasn't like you weren't, like, I mean, obviously bodyboarding was providing... Yes, yes, with, the, it was. with those numbers you're yeah, talking about, that's yeah, yeah, serious. It was. Serious cash. It was back coming then. to the end, but I, I could have milked it a lot longer. I could have yeah. milked it on a comfortable bit. Yeah. But, like I said, I, yeah, I, I, I struggled with it all once I finished. So, we, I left the last year, and in 2000, we went around Australia. Yep. So, I sold it to Riptide, I yeah. sold it to Billabong and Manta. Yeah. So, I organised a monthly. Um, Two right. pages in Riptide, okay. and Billabong and Manta were happy with that. So yeah. they, and then I was going to do promotions all the way around. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, and yeah. we went for nine and a half months around Australia because I, I left Australia to last. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't travel a lot in Australia except for the East Coast. Yeah, and the promotional areas. Yeah. So then I went south. To the full thing. Yeah. So, which was awesome. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a cool thing. Was that hard to sell at the time? Because I'm imagining that part of what you were selling as a professional rider before then was the competitive element of bodyboarding because that's how everyone was measured, right? Yeah. So how did they... Oh, like Billabong and Manta were like, oh, that's not a bad idea. We can get in the magazines. And... Well, at that particular point, it started to get to... I think I'd helped... I don't know whether it was King... One of them... One of the young kids. One I of helped, those little fuckers. I helped come along, and Andre Botha was 
winning too. He was yeah. He was international. He was the only one, only bodyboarder that got international on Billabong. On Billabong, yeah, yeah. right. And um, I think at that stage there was kid like the good kids were coming through. I I sold it. Chris to help me. She was always mm. the brains behind it. Right. Yeah. So she helped me sell it the right way. Right. And they they said, yeah, well, this is cool. This is what I'm doing. I'm promoting it all the way around. So cool. Yeah. So that was your final hurrah as a professional bodyboarder. It was like a nice round Australia trip with the family, doing for. promo stuff, paid for. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a quite a nice. Do you remember treating it like a last hurrah? Was that your yeah, your I kind did. of your good your fel- farewell tour I in did. a sense. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but I had no idea what I was doing. No, no, no. But it, like, it's <laughs> it's a nice way to go. Yeah, yeah, it's like a nice way to go. Yeah. Do you miss? Um, obviously, I understand probably more so than ever that you're a very competitive guy. It, was that hard to fill the space? Or the void of not competing for something after that? Like, how did it, you... It was hard to find me as a person because that's all I'd ever known mm. from the age of 13 right through. Mm. Even though I, I worked in the pastry cooking and that, mm. I was a bodybuilder. Like, that's all I ever did and I did yeah. it for fun and yeah. fun took me to everywhere in yeah. life. So, of course, when that stops, you go, what else makes me fun? Mm. And I had nothing. Mm. I had nothing, mm. you know? So, yeah, I struggled. I, I went into deep depression. Yeah. And, and what I tried to do was I go, all right, well, if I don't surf, then I won't be any good. And mm. then I can't go back to it. Like, that's how I tried to do oh, it. Oh, so you I tried to cut, cut it out completely. Yeah, I try, I'd get up at 11 o'clock every morning, mm. you know, I'd crawl out of bed. I wouldn't go for my bodyboard, but I didn't know what to go for. Mm. Like, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Mentally struggled. I, give Chris to so much credit yeah <laughs> yeah but then that uh, that lasted for a, a few months and then we were good friends with Vince Lauder that's the guy who managed the surfing okay the, and he managed long. me yeah he, yeah yeah he managed me back in the day mm. and um he just finished and he he was you know go go in and talk to Billabong you mm. know where are you going and that's that's when the contract fell apart. Mm. That's when I got offered a job. Yeah, you got your yeah. three days a week. Yeah. So. All right, so that stabilised yeah. everything out. And um, from that point, though, when did Epo's bodyboard shop kind of come into the So scale? this was Krista. Okay. Yeah, because she's the computer guru. Yeah, right. You know, so she, um, we were having drinks with Vince Lauder and his yeah. wife. And Vince's wife, Kath, was really artistic and Krista looked up to her a lot. Mm. But they just started World Surfers. Okay. Yeah. And okay. we said, oh, well, we, we had a name, bodyboardshop.com. And it was, they, they went, no one's got that. Grab it now, you know. Really? This is early internet yeah, this stuff, is isn't way, it? Yeah. This is 99, mate. That's crazy. You know, and this is before Jay and Vicky. Yeah. You know, so we had this name for... How long? I don't know, but we had it, and yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. So I was in Billabong, and then probably was in there for about three to six months. Yeah. And Chris had started what built up bodyboard shop. Yeah. We started to build it with a couple of um, um, internet people. Yeah. We were building 
things before my ob and that were yeah, all Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. We, we spent just the wild thousands west. of dollars on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where my ob would read the <laughs> internet and yeah. be able to pick this thing yeah, off. Like, yeah. we had to pay for all that. Yeah. Yeah, so... So building it from scratch. Yeah, so Krista did all that with um, tech people. And How long did that last for? How long did the bodyboard shop go for? Um, well, I signed that three-year contract and I think I was only in a year and a half and and it was shit was hitting the fan so I'd be sneaking home and helping do bodyboard yeah, stuff right. under the house that started growing so her sister and her were working and yeah and I, I was getting crawly to wear model shirts during yeah, the day right. and yeah like that was the no friends gear and all the, yeah. the night and all that so cool. yeah so they were taking photos and Krista and Kate would be cutting the shirts out individually and putting them up and that's yeah. crazy so how did it feel to switch over from the like there's a bit of a transition there between the two but like suddenly you're now in the industry like you're part of the the industry of bodyboarding from another perspective was it was it a did it feel right i fell into it yeah honestly i was working for billabong and this was growing mm. and it was growing and growing and i was sort of like oh and then Billabong were like, Epo, how many, uh, we want to promote you. I remember this coming <laughs> after a year and a half. Epo, we want to promote you. I went, oh, sweet. Yeah, we want to flick you another five grand to help do the juniors and that. I go, cool. Yeah. Um, and he goes, how many days a week do you work? I went, three. He goes, oh, well, we want you to do five. I went, oh, well, you better up that figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he goes, "What?" I go, "I'm not working f an extra two days for five grand." No, and he a goes, year. And he goes, "He goes, people in here don't make anything that you make in here." I go, "Unlucky to them." <laughs> <laughs> so the billabong relationship finishes around here. Start, yeah. Started going like this. He goes, "I want to see the contract," and so I went back in. And I'm like, "Shit! I hope I've done this." And anyway, they, I pulled the contract, and here it is, scribbled out 32 hours a week uh, to 24, both initialed on each contract. Right. And I went, well, there you go. Because, oh, well, you know, and I said, mate, it's a contract. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's another year and a half to go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, they worked me and worked me until I, I had to quit. And yeah. I think I lasted another five months in there. Okay, so yeah, they, they just pushed me. I was making T-shirts and trying to help do T-shirts, help run, uh, help Bushy do the events. And, right, yeah. so you're getting milked. Yeah, so I think Margot ended up taking my job. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Oh, mate. You're but, happy to but probably sail out moved there. out of the, under the house mm. to a factory. Mm. Yeah, and then we were just going to sell out of the factory. Mm. Everyone kept knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, shit, what do we do? Yeah. So we lasted three or four months in there. And, went, uh, and then we ended up in the old Burley Theatre Arcade. Crazy. Mm. Crazy. I mean, it's been a big journey in bodyboarding for you. Like when, with the kind of, with the bodyboard shop, when did it finish up? When was that, when was that moment? And, and why did that happen? Uh, okay, so we had the one shop down at Burley, then we went back around Australia in 2005, mm. um, or four, four going into five, I think we went. We last, That's when we went with Mike and that. Yeah. And because Apsy was running our shop, Chris yeah. Apps from Yeah, I remember Port. that, yeah. Um, and 
yeah, so we sort of got back and then went to the sunny coast. We opened up here. We mm. lasted here about eight years. Eight years? Right. As the bodyboard shop kind nah, of retail. it must have been that. It must have been that. I think, yeah, 2011. Yeah, right. Uh, so, so four. Yeah, six years maybe? Yeah, six years. Cool. So, and I went belly up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I got to a point where uh, Apsy had left me in Burley, mm. and then I was getting managers in, mm. and they weren't even, they were rocking, weren't even rocking up. Um, oh. i get phone calls. Like hey, shop shut. And... I'm standing outside the shop, and it's shut, and I'm trying to run the one up here, and I have to go, all right, Chrissy, go. I'm driving, I'd stay at Barney's house and try and get it all happening and going, what the fuck? You know, What's going on? Yeah, so I went through about four managers. Oh, yeah. And then a friend of mine helped me out, um, Alan McFarlane, and he sort of ran it until I sold it to... Oh, that's terrible. I can't... Mick... Um, I can't even think of his name now. But anyway, his okay. son was a bodyboarder and a uh, really nice guy too. Smoke like a chimney, but yeah, <laughs> nice guy. Um, but um, yeah, he ended but you up. You sold the burly one. I off. sold the burly one off, and yeah. it, it kept me afloat. Uh huh. Yeah, and that would have been in. I think I might have sold that in '08. Okay. Yeah, and that helped me stay mm. and keep going. And then it got to a point where Krista sort of she wanted to do other things, mm-hmm. and I wasn't real technical, so mm. I couldn't even put stuff online. Yeah, and right. Yeah, so. I had a manager that could do it, Lee mm. Bendel, mm. and he was doing that. But then it, the financial crisis crept in, yeah. And I kept redrawing, redrawing, ah, right. And it got to one hundred and thirty grand, and I said, I can't do this. No. And I was, I owed suppliers like forty grand, I think. And then, yeah, I just, I. And the worst thing is, in December, I'd booked my fortieth birthday, yeah, to go to Sumatra with right. the Port Macquarie crew, right. And I shut in, must have been Easter or somewhere, and and I was going to Sumatra, like, and I just shut shut the whole shop and yeah. looked like I took the money and ran. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it and it was so not that, but yeah. it looked really bad. Yeah. But anyway, once I s- gave all the gear back, yeah, and I owed twenty two grand. So uh-huh. once I got back from Sumatra, that's when the real. Uh, experience started right. to kick in yeah right. so yeah so I was down and out and I was just trying to get any work possible right yeah so uh, I ended up going up to Calliope which is out the back of Gladstone yeah. I was landing dongers like mine camps you know building mine I was camps to say, what the fuck's a donger? yeah so where three or four people sleep in them in the right. mines okay yeah so I was doing that I was doing civil plumbing in cans I remember being I, that was my breaking point right, right there i remember being in it it was stinking hot it was 6 30 in the morning i'm down a drain and it's called mortaring uh-huh. so you're putting pipes together you uh-huh. know the underground pipes yeah. and you're cementing them all together like uh-huh. with your hands uh-huh. you know and i and that i'm in knee deep water i'm dripping in sweat looking out of this little manhole about six foot up gotta watch out because crocs are in there you know, right. in the in the pipe, so you got to listen for them. And I'm in that much deep water. I'm like, what the fuck have I done to deserve this? You know, that's crazy. I'm like, but that was the turning point. You know, right. that was so humble. Like mm. from that point on, I went, 
remember this moment, you're yeah. not coming back. Yeah. And right. I grew from that point, you uh-huh. know. So I still did a lot more. I was doing, um, I still, wow. my mates saved my ass. I was still fixing and putting pools in in uh, Brizzy. Troy Grinham, one of my mates from Port, okay. he really saved me back in the day. Right. Yeah, he'd give me work when he really didn't have to give me work uh-huh. just to keep me afloat. Right. I was that guy that, you know, where you go, to Woolworths for $10. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'd buy a carrot and some noodles and cook right. something up for the four of us. Crazy. Just to hang on to that front door. But yeah. also paid my 22 grand off. It took me two years. Yeah. But I play, paid every supplier off. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That must have been a good moment off the back of that croc-infested drain pipe incident. <laughs> it's a pretty low point. Oh, it was very humbling. Yeah. Yeah, it was a low point. Yeah. But not, not depression low. I've had nah. depression low. That was just a point of going, you've hit bottom, bounce. Mm, yeah. You know, let's bounce. Let's, this is the jumping yeah. spot. So, cool. And, and I felt like since, not since then, we, Chris and I had a bit of a fallout about uh, six years ago and she booted me out because I had depression. Mm. Yeah, so I was pretty mopey and I was pretty mm. down and out. And you get your shit together. I couldn't. I always knew what I didn't want to do, mm. but I never knew what I wanted to do. Mm. You know, so I was stuck in that mindset of not knowing what to do, mm. but I always had an excuse for everything else that I didn't want to do. Mm. And um, yeah, she left me. So mm. she was like, done. Check, yeah. Yeah, yeah check, gone. The coldness on her face, you know. Mm. And I remember, it was only for a couple of days, mm. you know. But I had to fight. Mm. Like, I rang her up and I go, I just need to talk to you. Mm. She goes, all right, you know, she was, she was done. Mm. Yeah. And I said, look, I said, I'm going to change. I know mm. you've heard it all before. Mm. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to change. So I'd really like you to come along with me, you know, um, and give it another shot, mm. you know, because I think it's going to be worth it. Mm. Yeah, so... She but gave that, me another shot. And did that take you into this disability support game? Is that where um, that kind of took you there? I still went on and I was still doing a few things. Um, but I sat on the beach like I was doing... I, was, I, was, I, I went and... So I worked on job sites here in town, mm. on building sites. And I was just a shit kicker digging holes and mm. doing all that. And... Um, I'm, there's a photo on my Instagram if anyone ever wants to look. Looks like I'm sitting on a dunny with mm. a hard hat on. Okay. But it says I'm working in a in a building site and I'm I'm actually in a lift but it's protected. Yeah. And I'm sitting on a white bucket. Right. And I go, mate, take a photo right now, please. Take a photo. He goes, what, what, what's going on? I go, here, just take a photo. And he took the photo and he goes, what, what? And he goes, I go, I just got voted second best bodyboarder of all time in Riptide. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote, this is what you get for second. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> we just done a really big circle around on like, but this is kind of where my thinking was going as you were talking about this. Like, here's this guy who's gone from, you know, from zero pipe before the world title, yep. essentially zero to like hero. Because, like, from my perspective at the time, it's just like, boom, here's Epo. He's doing airs bigger than anyone else. He's doing, he's inventing maneuvers. He's taking the sport from from a certain kind of, um, 
God, it's so interesting to look at the influence you've had on bodyboarding. It's it's kind of like a complete paradigm shift. And the sport has not recovered from your influence, you know, in a very positive way. Like, it's like before you and what you did, there was a very standardized approach and it was very drilled into everyone that, you know, and Mike kind of led that standardized style-driven, you know, there was this kind of power and it was the crossing the legs and doing it this way there was a way before epo and there was a there was a there was whatever the fuck you felt like after epo you know like in many ways you you really opened up the the imaginations of people i and appreciate that but it was going to happen no matter what yes board, you're a humble the, guy the, the board, of course you're going to say that the boards were changing um everyone so you was think it was a day. you think it was a board you think, I think there it was, was a, timing i think it was a very good time and like there was a Scott Mason from Coffs Harbour. Yeah, he's doing the spin rolls. So no, no, he was actually doing the ARS. Was he? Well, that's Dion Myers. But what happened is I got it on film just before him. That's okay. what I mean. So it was gonna happen. Mike Stewart, I did the double roll. Mike Stewart goes, Oh, I've seen a video of someone do that overseas. Ah, okay. Of course. Like cool. I'm sure someone but I got how I started the double roll was Warwick Appleton from Coffs Harbour. Right. He was out the well. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say where it was. Shark infested. Yeah, sure. Don't want to go there. Um, yeah, but anyway, he did a roll, but landed and rolled. Yeah. And he called it a double roll. Uh huh. And that just, that's the thing that clicked me. Okay. Went, and I remember Arx and Ben Severson, 1986, he came out for a promo. Yeah. I said, Have you ever done a double roll where you do two rolls in the air? He just looked at me like. You're an idiot kid, you know. No one can do that. Right. <laughs> but that between that and that Yeah. Made me go, Oh, someone's gotta do it. Yeah, but just, like, I was just a thinker. Yeah. I, I, I'm dyslexic. Okay. So, so I can't read or write properly. Okay. Like the first time I ever went to Bali, I couldn't even read surname. Like right. when you filled out the form. Like I was shitting myself going, I'm never getting in. Right. Like I had to hit people. Like, what do I? <laughs> what do I, do I, do I, do I sign? What do I? Right. What do I? What? How many? What? This? You know? What occupation? Oh, what's occupation? Like I didn't right. know. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah. So, I believe that's helped me a lot because yeah. I watch and I learn. I uh-huh. listen and I learn. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that sort of helps. Is it listening way. and learning, or watching and learning, or is it the like the visual and the audio? Visual. Is your way. Visual's good. I I think I listen a lot too. Mm. Mike Perry said that he goes, mate, you've got a skill that other people don't have. You listen, mm. yeah. And I, I go, well, but you, but what you, do you also mean? must have an imagination. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you can't, like you can just listen and listen and yeah. listen and listen. But if you're not doing anything with those inputs and like creating something new off the back of it, well, then it's just listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm always dreaming. I still, yeah. dream, I'm still dreaming of the triple roll. I'm still yeah, dreaming of yeah. the double roll, double spin. Yeah. I'm, I think of all these things. It's right. always there. I'm always dreaming of shapes and designs in yeah. boards. Like I fall asleep and I wake up and I'm like, what happens if the board did this and this and then a little fin out here? And like, yeah, I'm right. always thinking. I'm always cool. thinking. I see the surfers with them little things on the back. Why don't we try them? You know, yeah. like I'm always constantly. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love it with a passion. I love how Mez sends me his designs. Yeah. Let's try this one, Epps, you know. It's so cool, cool to feel like, you know, I'm still a part of that, you know. Do you, yeah. And you do still feel a part of it? Oh, I definitely, yeah. Okay. I didn't, when I lost a shop, right. I had to go find myself. Yeah. 
and I, I'm I'm Epo now. I, yeah. Before I used to separate myself from Epo. Yeah. You know, so yeah, look, I'm I'm proud of where I've been and what I've done. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, it's yeah, and and I'm back to the grassroots, and I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, I'm loving teaching. You know, people who never would get in the ocean. Yeah. You know. To get in the ocean and actually enjoy it, yeah. And I get really stoked that they've gone down to Cheesies or something, yeah. and gone for a surf, and they're telling me about it. You know, it's cool. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it's a big, it's a big circle though to come around to that point because obviously bodyboarding and being in the ocean in the beginning was about that same feeling. Oh yeah. Does yeah. the professionalization of it? Obviously, you got a good piece of that professional moment though when it, when it all kind of came in. You must oh. have been. Up there, you must have been way up there as one of the higher paid riders for a while there. You must have been... I was very lucky. Yeah, yeah, you, had, yeah. you were in that real golden spot. Yeah, yeah. I I think I created the golden spot for a few. Like, yeah. I, think, I think Hardy and the boys capitalised off me. Mm. Yeah, I think I set the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Ross Hawke, Dave Appleby, yeah. they were the ones who helped me out with contracts right. and tried to teach me about contracts and all that. Mm. Like, yeah, it was just, I got, I got so much help. And that's why I've, body, I, I send people, like, little, you know, private, hey, you know, welcome to the team. Like yeah, Pierre cool. or someone, cool. you know, when he won the, his first world title. Cool. And, like, you know, like, his movie, I, I felt a part of that. You know, yeah. that, that, that movie was awesome, so... I keep telling Krista how good it was, you know. It, it made, it was about everybody's life. Mm. Not just one, not just Pierre's life. It's everyone has a piece of that life, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Different styles of that life. Well, there's a lot of experiences. I think what's interesting for me in this kind of discussion, which is a bloody fantastic Sorry, one. Sorry, I'm No, no, I'm having a great time, no. <laughs> But I, I think you're touching on so many things that so many people go through, and, and myself included, this whole, you know... The, the drama of bodyboarding, the ups and downs, and the, the, the downs, mostly. <laughs> the ups are great, but they last a very short period of time. The downs seem to last longer. For, like, when, when you're down, you're real down. The ups, kind of, they never last long enough. You know, we all know that feeling. Yeah. Um, but also this kind of idea of this community around it, that kind of keeping... Because it, it forms a pretty big part of your identity. Oh, and yeah. for you, you must have... I'm assuming, like me, you know, you feel like there's a bit of you missing when you're not connected to it, you know, like it's, you're not your full self. Um, no, not necessarily. I think sometimes you need to step away mm. and, and, and like, okay, I'm not a part of the world tour and yeah. the design and the growth and all that. Mm. I've been a part of that for yeah. 10 years. I was yeah. a part of that through the 90s. Yeah. And, and I understand that, but I'm a part of it in another way, you know, right. and that's, that's still keeping, you know, I send Mike when I seen him catch that one at Nazare like mm. four years ago. He got mm. fifth on the world tour to mm. how, what old, how mm. old is he now? You 76 know? or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I sent him, you know, well, well done, buddy. I'm yeah. so stoked. Thank you for keep doing it. Yeah. And then he rings me. You yeah. know, he goes, I was so down on myself. I just bombed, blah, blah, blah. And I said, mate, don't be down on yourself. Yeah. Look at it. Like, people are grandfathers at this sta- this age. You're still bodyboarding yeah. professionally. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, keep going. Yeah. Go until you're 90, mate. Just yeah. keep enjoying it. Yeah. And, I, and I really, you know, it doesn't matter what people think. It's about what you still get from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, so I just, 
I just think if you're still loving it at top level, I think the downs are more because it's what your expectations of the sport is. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So that's when you get down. So, you know, m my expectations is I'm still going to put... I dream about winning the lotto and I only want three mil. I dream about... I, I, I dream about winning the 60 mil yeah. and I'm going to put it towards the tour. Oh, yeah. I'm what gonna percentage of what, how trip, much of the 60 trip. mil goes? Yeah, I put 50 to it. Oh, oh, right. Oh. Yeah, cool. Bodyboarding just. But no one gets it. It no. sits up here oh. and it gets drip fed. Oh, okay. So they get the drips, so they oh. get the interest off that. Oh, okay, the interest off the 50. Yeah, no okay, one gets cool. the touch. Because then it keeps feeding. Yeah. You know what I mean? It never dies. Mm. So that keeps going. And then hopefully out of that, mm. they build something from it and yeah. own things, own a house, yeah. own something where a base is, own yeah. something, you know. And then people who run the contest can actually earn money from the contest, yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's, a, it's but, everybody's dream. And yeah, of course. But, but you did get a taste of, because, you know, I grapple with this today. And not that I, I certainly don't chase a career or any money from bodyboarding at all. I, I don't see it. Um, and I'm liberated by not seeing it. You know, like there's no yeah, yeah, expectation. Yeah. There's nothing I have to take from bodyboarding now. When I was 21 years old, that was everything I wanted to oh, take yeah. from it. And and that was that's what killed it for me in many ways. But, you know, I'm also at this point where I just see it for its pure joy and, and also my own personal needs of I love to compete. I love to beat someone. Yeah, yeah. I love to be beaten by someone many times and want to beat that person yeah. and jared houston i'm talking about you i'm talking about you and i'm not done yet you will four have a, nil. you will have a cold one day jared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. something has to give but um but you know like but i enjoy that and, yeah, it, and, yeah. it, and it makes me want to go back again and again and again Mate, i had some of the best heats yeah like Carl Maligro, like yeah. one of the most in innovative bodyboarders of all time right back in our day he was a Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I had great heats with him. I had great heats with me and GT back to yeah. back. Ben Holland, Bullet. I had one of my best heats again, back to back to Bullet yeah. at Sintra, you know. We just, this bank had started fading and we moved over to this other bank. Yeah. And, it, and it was just bang, wave for wave. And I remember Sick. saying to him, You going on this one? And he went, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he went, and the next one was better. <laughs> and I knew it too, because I'd been counting waves, because <laughs> that's what I used to do yeah, before right. I go into heats, I'd always count which one was the best wave. Okay. Yeah, so, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, so I you, knew, you had a good I, idea of the sets. And... I knew the second one or the oh. third one was going to be better. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, so I just sort of, I sort of, sort of, yeah, faded him. I just went, you going? Who was the, who was the, who was the who was the hardest competitor? Who was the biggest GT. pain in your ass? GT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, GT and Kyle were probably... because That Kyle seems could, like polar opposites in nah, their approach. They both, they both could do any move. GT yeah. could do more on a wave than me. Right. Yeah. And, and they both always... When they surfed against me, they went all out. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like... They knew they had to go all out because they, yeah. you know, I was the guy who invented stuff. You yeah, know, so, right. So they but, knew they had a task. Yeah, so GT beat me one year. I think it was uh, 95. He beat me four times 0 0.02, 0 0.02, 0 0.02, 0 0.05. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that year. 
And oh no, sorry, one of them I got the interference call, double interference call. A at, double interference at, call. Um, uh, down on the sense, uh, down south coast. Oh, Kiama or something. Where ba- uh, Ballard lives now. Um, Wollongong. Oh right. Yeah, just on the other side of Wollongong. Can't remember the actual spot, but yeah. Double interference. Double interference. They used it for years, apparently. Haddo told me they used it for years as a judging criteria. What would you do in these situations? Right. How would you call this? Because I, I, it was a, it was a left hand wave, mm. but it had a right hand and a left hand peak. Right. So, so yeah, it broke left, but this. But there wave, was a right. But this wave broke here and split. Right. And GT and I crossed. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, and I got that interference. It was three two, so two went double, right? And three three went single on me, right. single interference. So I copped the interference, right? Yeah, but we crossed. So yes, that's a double interference. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's probably the second only time I ever blew up. Yeah, <laughs> Krista went off more than me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But was this another world title? This was a part of it. Yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah, that's this why. This was a I, close I, loss. That's why I blew up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd already been done a couple of times by point oh. Yeah. Two, you know, and poor GT. He he won the world title, but he kept he goes to me once in Japan. <laughs> um, we're in a wave pool event, yeah. and of course, back to back, we make it to the final, and I think. You surfed 28 waves in the whole two days we were there. Like, the wave took so long for the wave to come. Crazy. And I fell off first wave, so I wasn't going to win. Right. So we were in the final. I fell off. I right. blew it. But I got the last wave of uh-huh. the heat. <laughs> and I attempt the double roll. Right. And the crowd goes, wow. Yeah. And GT's standing on the beach. She goes, fuck you, Epo. You always steal my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> So he won the comp, but the crowd went wild yeah, for you. Yeah, and that's the that's same great. in Portugal. There was once at Sintra, that's the heat I did with... Um, with Bullet. Bullet. Yeah, and then I was I went watching out, this not long ago. I went out and GT beat me in the yeah. next heat by 0.05. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and that's where the mayor come down to yeah. the... Or the president come down to the thing. They had bungee jumping on the beach in Sintra. It was nuts. And the, the president gives us our trophies. But the crowd's yelling something, and I could hear Epo. Mm. And, I'm, dun, dun, Epo, dun, dun. and I'm like, Mariana, what are they saying? They're saying, Epo's the best. Epo's the best. And GT can totally <laughs> understand what they're saying. I get, I get up to the front oh, of the wow. stage, and I throw my flippers out, yeah. grab my sonnies, throw it out. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Nah, Damn, but... GT would have hated that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he won six world titles. He did. He did he all can right. Carry it, mate. He did all right, and his passion uh, he, is still full on. Like he is still. And mate, he's been an absolute legend throughout his career. Like I remember, he brought like I, I had the girls at this age, and yeah. we're in Singapore on our way to Mentowis. Yeah. And he paid for a dress for one of my daughters. Oh, you okay. Know, like it's a class yeah, act. Yeah. So he was always good like that. He always said. He was jealous because I had a world title and I had a wife and two kids. Uh-huh. But you know, I've since sent a text here going, six world titles, two kids and yeah. a beautiful wife. Yeah, well, you're all right, mate. You got there. You, <laughs> you got made there. it. Eventually, you yeah, got eventually there, Yeah, eventually you got there. You beat me again. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing all right. Like, what's your, like, 
to kind of get to a point where we can think. I don't even know how long we've been going oh, for. How sorry. No, we've, this is a good one. And we've just got to watch the battery. So we're at an hour and a half. This is the longest podcast officially. Oh, shit. It's great. It's bored. great. No, sorry. no, they're not bored. Let's, let's finish off on a high note. Let's, you don't like talking about yourself that much. So I'm not going to ask a question about you so much, but more like a commentary on the, on, on the writing of people today. And there was a few questions from people through Instagram about like, you know, the move, you, you don't claim to have invented the moves as much as maybe the media wanted to communicate about you inventing moves and stuff like that. But like looking at the way these moves are performed now, I mean, the double roll doesn't get a lot of play. To be no. fair, it's it something hurts, that's, but... it, it's a hard, it's probably the hardest one. It's like, the hardest out of yeah, the three by far. Exactly. So, but looking at the ARS and the flip, or the backflip, who are the riders over the time since you kind of made these moves work? Who, I mean, is there a top three or is there a number one in your opinion who's really nailed these moves in a way... Oh, Maybe go with three. Maybe it's easier with three. Like if you if well, you back when I was competing against people, I yeah. think um, Kyle was the one who polished him pretty good back wow. then. Wow, Kyle Maligro. Yeah, he was really hard to beat, and he could do it on every angle, every yeah. wave. Where I think throughout, I don't know the younger generation that well, but I think um, Hub for the back, uh, for the ARS. Yeah. I think he's polished that pretty damn good. And the other one would be, I'd say Pierre for the backflip. Yeah. yeah. You give it to Pierre? Yeah. But, yeah, I still got my heart on stone, Jake. Yeah. I thought you were going to, I knew yeah. he was going to get in here. Yeah, he was such a good rider. Yeah. And I think maybe because, you know, we mucked around and we, yeah. you know, the stone flip and that. Yeah. Well, he so. took your, he took it to another level. Like yeah, he, he went, yeah, yeah. He, he did a little we innovation on top. here in the backyard. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what happened. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so. Cool. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's called the stone flip. <laughs> Sorry, Toinsy. <laughs> <laughs> Why Toinsy? What do you mean? Because Toinsy, I think, rung up the... Something Lotus. It was oh, something the Iron Lotus, Lotus or whatever. Yeah, yeah and I was sure. like, that's shit. No, yeah, right. call it that. Okay. Call it the Stone Flip. Yeah, fair play. You gotta, you gotta give it to the guy. Hub called. He's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> the roll hub. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's definitely cool. Like, I mean, do you, do you feel like lingering on Stone? You know, because he really was that really dynamic, similar guy pushing limits innovating being creative you know like how did that feel being a part of that journey with him yeah it was pretty cool yeah, yeah. um it was challenging mm. you know jake jake i think jake's problem was he struggled to be somewhere mm. you know he struggled once he if he was home he wanted to be somewhere else mm. if he was somewhere else he wanted to be home mm. so he really struggled and only in the last three years two to three years he's actually really mastered to be now mm. and it's really great to see you know because mm. he's an awesome kid and mm. yeah he could have taken it to another level by mm. far i remember pierre told him to come back on tour you know mm. yeah because he was such a dynamic explosive rider for the sport yeah quite unpredictable yeah i think yeah. that's what's cool about riders like him I get the same feeling today 
uh, I, like fair play to Jared Houston. Like I feel like he's unpredictable. Like I yeah. don't know what he's going to do on a wave. So yeah. I'm quite excited. You know, having heat with him sucks. He keeps winning, but like watching him and. You know, I you love kind that of about people. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what's coming, and you're like, well, Winnie's like that too. Winnie's same, definitely same, like same that with, too. Same with uh, Mitch Ross. Yeah, you yeah, know, honestly, totally. they've and, and like, but Hardy was the the Mike Stewart. You know, yeah. he was the style master. You know, yeah. You know, apart from Mike, you can't sort of pick it. it Riley was good back in mm. the day. So for what we had back then and yeah. boards and everything, Riley was unreal. Mm. You know, but Hardy just took it to that other. You yeah, know, he just wanted to polish everything. Yeah, we went through this. That whole polishing process has yeah. its downsides as well. The the, the oh, obsession yeah. around it and all that kind of stuff. Like it's an interesting quality. Yeah, but you like, I mean, so you're you're saying that just to recap on that, you're given Carmely Grow from your period. Yep. The kind of the the win there. It, he, he was that. You didn't know what he was going to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Like, you knew he had the ARS and the backflip and yeah. something else up his sleeve on yeah. that side of the whichever way he went. Yeah. You know? so, and back then they were the main ones, you know. Yeah. And yeah. obviously Hub, you know, makes a lot of sense when you say Hub because obviously with the amount of airtime you were getting back yeah. in the day, which is still, I mean, it's still airtime that doesn't happen that much oh, yeah, today. It, does. <laughs> it really doesn't. I don't know. I don't know whether yeah. my memory is a young guy's memory and I'm just imagining well, things. Well, we than pushed they were. it to our limits. Like now they're taking, and I always said they're taking it to the next limit. They're doing it on the six to eight foot waves. I was doing it on four, three to oh, six foot I've waves. I've seen some bigger stuff. You, yeah. You're just being modest. <laughs> but like, so Hub obviously yep. was that kind of yep. other you know, that next gen yep. a little bit for you because there's a bit well, of age between you and him. Like, there's like almost well, eight think, years or something. I, th- I think his nickname was Seppo Epo. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He was, he was Seppo Epo. Sorry, That's Hub. correct, that's correct. <laughs> so, but like, obviously that was a good feeling to see that kind of riding come yeah, through that well, guy. Yeah, well, I watched him come right through. Yeah. He met us in Tahiti. We were on our Tahiti. And right. I went to Tahiti with Mike, Seamus, Lanson. Yes, yes. You know, so Classic. Hub was there on his... School trip away or something. Oh no way! Yeah, and then he popped up the next season in Hawaii, and I went, oh, "That kid, look at that kid." Yeah, and then right. I told Stroy about, "Oh, that kid was in Tahiti. Yeah, he's right. he's gonna be good. This yeah, kid." Yeah, right. I think I said to him, "You can quote me this, Hub. I think I said to you at backdoor, I said, "You'll win three world titles." I think he's done it, hasn't he? Yeah, five pipe titles too. Yeah, pretty good going. Yeah, it is. Awesome. And he's back on. He's, he's he's just as thirsty as ever for it. Oh, yeah. So so hub, and then you can give it to like Pierre slash Stone for the yep. kind of that other generation, that, new, that more yeah. later generation. Yeah. All right. I, I don't think anyone will argue with that. I could name heaps. Honestly. Of course you it's can. It's all out there, but yeah, they're the but ones. But we've got a top that, four there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We finished. Hope you're bloody listening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You just got the. <laughs> You know, like Epo's got his like sword out and he's just giving you the final anointment of the carriers of the the moves. Well look, I can say thank you. No worries. Hopefully on behalf of everyone listening. And uh, I all, mean they're all snoring. Well, you know, no, they're not snoring. I mean the frustration for me, like I love and hate you actually when it comes to my competition world because I have to do your moves 
<laughs> to exciting. try and win heats. Like, I have to do them. Jay and they're hard. Like, Jay they're Real, really Jay hard. Real thanks me because that kept him on the tour oh, for right. a few more years. Because oh, he, he got the flips it. in. He got him in. Yeah, I know. And I know Kingy as well, like, in the interview I did with him, he goes, I really he couldn't that, do the backflips. And he and Amore gave the other way. Exactly. I was like, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I was like, cool, me too. I was like, shit, here's something I need to use. <laughs> so, like, it's it's a funny thing to to be so inspired by someone, you, and then also just be like, fucking hell, I've got to, like, damn it, I've got to do these things again. No so, way, I'm struggling to do them these days. No, you're doing all right. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Really appreciate it. Thanks for dinner, too. No worries. Hope you enjoyed that. It's pretty epic. Huge thanks to Epo for taking the time and the uh, and giving me a bed to sleep in as well up on the sunny coast. I mean, about an hour and a half of podcast right there for you all. It covers a lot of ground. Uh, we kind of go into everything, everything Epo in what was, um, you know, a, a very classic career and one of the real greats of bodyboarding in Australia and in the world. Humble guy, a great guy, and... Um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed that podcast because I sure as hell did. Going to try and get a few more out to you soon. Sorry for the delay. Got a bit on. But thanks for tuning in.